Hello, and thank you for listening to the podcast of Chesbro Baptist Church. This message was preached in October of 2018, and it is on the subject of miracles. So we're going to talk about miracles in this message. And the title of the message is, What's a Guy Gotta Do to Get a Miracle Around Here? Please enjoy. Mark chapter number 10 this morning, Mark chapter number 10. I'll give you just another second to get there. We'll be reading verses 46 through 52 this morning of Mark chapter number 10. The Bible says in Mark chapter 10, beginning in verse number 46, And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. The title of my message this morning is, What's a guy got to do to get a miracle around here? Let's pray and then we'll get into the message. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, Thank you once again for all you've done for us. I pray that you would bless the message today. I pray that the Holy Spirit would be on the service this morning. Precious in Jesus Christ's precious name I pray. Amen. Now when I say the word miracle, what exactly comes to mind when I say this word? Now uh, when we think of miracle, we may think of, of someone coming back from the dead. When I say miracle, we may think of somebody that was blind and now they can see, or we think of someone who was lame and now we can walk. And while those are miracles, the word miracle is much broader than just those things. Let me give you the definition of a miracle. A miracle is something that only God can do. That's what a miracle is. A miracle is something that only God can do. Well, bringing someone from the dead definitely comes, falls under that definition. Healing someone who is sick falls under that definition. What else falls under that definition? Man, I tell you what, uh, somebody getting saved falls under that definition. You know why? Because only God can save someone. Man, when, when you don't have the money to pay a bill and you go to the mailbox and uh, you open up an envelope and there's a check in there that you weren't expecting, uh, hey, you know what? Hey, God paid that. That's a miracle too. You know why? Because only God can do something like that. 
A miracle is something that only God can do. So when you hear the word miracle, just don't think, oh, it's just about healing people and, and, and raising people. And that's part of it too. But anything that you can't do that God can do is a miracle. Anything that comes from heaven is a miracle. And that's what a miracle is. So we ask ourselves today, what's a guy got to do to get a miracle around here? So let's talk about this story, this story of this blind Bartimaeus being healed. First, let me say that in Matthew and Mark records this story, they talk about two blind men. And, and uh, so in Matthew and Luke, they talk about two. But here in Mark, in Mark, they only talk about one. Now, this is not a contradiction in Scripture, because to say that there was one blind man is not saying that there weren't two. Just because he said that there was one, he does not saying that there weren't two. In fact, uh, uh, it, you, uh, it's, you could say that Mark's readers knew who Bartimaeus was. So maybe that was the only reason why Mark only mentioned Bartimaeus is because his readers knew who Bartimaeus was. Regardless of the fact, we have a blind man here named Bartimaeus. Now, if I could, let me set the scene for you, if I could. Calvary is one week away. The Lord Jesus has one week until he goes to Calvary. He is coming out of this city of Jericho. He had just won Zacchaeus. He had just won Zacchaeus. He, he walks out of the gate of Jericho and he turns towards a mountain gorge. There's a mountain gorge there and there's a road going through that mountain gorge that leads to Jerusalem. That night, Jesus is going to spend the night in Bethany. So as he walks out of the city of Jericho, he turns towards that mountain gorge to walk down that road to Jerusalem to actually spend the night in Bethany later that night. As he turns to walk down that road, as in many eastern cities, lining that road on both sides are beggars. Beggars are lining this road. One of those beggars is a man named Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus is blind. Bartimaeus is sitting there on the side of the road and he's blind and he can't see and he hears all this commotion and he hears all this bustle and he's, he asks around, what's uh, in, uh, in Luke, Bartimaeus acts around. He says, what's, what's going on? What's, what's all this commotion? What's all this bustle that I hear? And somebody says to Bartimaeus, it's Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth. That awakes a strange hope in Bartimaeus that can only be explained by the fact that Bartimaeus has heard of the miracles of Jesus Christ. The miracles of Jesus Christ were so popular that they had filtered down to the talk of the beggars. The beggars were talking about the miracles of Jesus Christ. And that's what Bartimaeus remembered. He remembered about this talk of Jesus of Nazareth and he heard about these, he heard about these miracles that Jesus had done. So true to his trade, what does Bartimaeus do? He starts crying out and he starts hollering. He says, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. What was Bartimaeus doing? 
Bartimaeus was asking Jesus for a miracle. Now, let me say this. Miracles are not exclusive to Bible days. Just because it took place in the Bible does not mean that we do not have access to it today. Just because Jesus ascended to heaven is now sitting on the right hand of his father in heaven and he's up there and he's not down here. That does not mean that Jesus is out of the miracle business. Jesus is still in the miracle business. He does. He never left the miracle business. That's what Jesus is. And that's what Jesus does is he is in the miracle business today. And that's what he does. So we may ask, hey, where's, where's our miracles at? Where's, uh, where, where, you know, Christians today, hey, we need miracles too. We need miracles too, whether it's a health issue, something that can only God can do from heaven. Maybe today there's a family member that's suffering from addiction and they don't want help. And there, it would take a miracle for them to ask for help. I've got family members like that in my family. Hey, sometimes it takes a miracle. Hey, miracles do happen. They happen every day. Maybe it's a power bill that needs to be paid. I've gotten those before. Man, I've gotten those. I've opened up that mailbox and grabbed out that bill and saw it was a double bill and I forgot to pay the last month and I don't have the money to pay it. And if I don't pay it, they're going to turn my power off. Lord, I don't have enough money to pay this bill. How am I going to pay it? I've been there. I've seen it. We say, Christians, today, we're in need of miracles just like Jesus. Uh, those people in the days of Jesus were in need of miracles. And Jesus is still in the miracle business. So, okay, here's what we have. We have Bartimaeus asking God for a miracle. How did he do it? How did Bartimaeus ask for a miracle? I want to know that so I can go to Jesus and so I can go to God and I can ask him for a miracle too. I'm going to give you four actions this morning. I'm going to give you four actions that Bartimaeus did in order to ask Jesus for a miracle. First, let's read verse number 47 this morning. Verse number 47. And we had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Number one this morning, he prayed. He prayed. That was the first thing he did. The Bible says not only did he pray, which is talking to Jesus, that's what prayer is. The Bible says he cried out. He cried out to Jesus today. Hey, he tried to get the Lord's attention. That's what he tried to do. Hey, you know, when you're praying, you're not just speaking to speak. What you're actually doing is you're trying to get the Lord's attention. And let me tell you something, Christian. If you want, the, if you want a miracle today, if you want God to intervene in your life, and you want something that can only come from heaven, and you want something that only God can do, then what you're asking for is a miracle then your prayer, it needs to go above and beyond the normal prayer. It can't just be the standard cookie-cutter prayer. It can't be the standard thing. You have to go above, and you have to go beyond, and it can't be normal, and you have to do something different. I don't know what you have to do. Maybe you have to go outside and yell it out loud. Maybe you have to get down prostrate on the ground. 
Maybe you have to raise both your hands in the air to heaven to get the, to get the Lord's attention. Whatever you got to do, you got to, hey, you're asking for a miracle. You have to show him you're serious. You have to show him that you really, really want it. Hey, it's, if it's just a normal thing, hey, if the prayer is inside your comfort zone, if the prayer is just a normal thing you always ask for, it's not going to happen. You know, why, you know why we don't get on the ground and pray in our faces anymore? You know why when we pray we don't yell out to God anymore? You know why we don't raise our hands to the air to heaven to show God that, that we're serious and, and to praise his name and to give him glory? You know why? Because of pride. Because of pride. Man, if somebody walks in me in here and sees me doing this, I'd be embarrassed. I'd be embarrassed if somebody saw me with my hands in the air. I'd be embarrassed if they saw me laying face down on the ground. I'd, I'd, I'd be embarrassed if they saw me speaking out loud to God. Who cares? Who cares what they think? Doesn't matter what they think. The only thing that matters is what God's think, what God thinks. And Christian, if you want a miracle today, you have got to get God's attention. Don't, don't, I don't care what people think of. Don't care what other people think of you. The only person that matters is Jesus. Bartimaeus didn't care. He was on the side of that road. He's crying out. Wasn't nobody else yelling except for him. And he was crying out. He didn't care what people thought. The only person that he cared what, who thought of him was Jesus Christ. That was the only person he cared about. Number one, we see after he prays, we see that he cried out. But then he said something else interesting. He called Jesus the son of David. That's interesting. Nobody else was calling him that. You look at all, you look at all the, the instances of this, of this uh, story in Scripture. Everybody's calling him Jesus, son of Nazareth. That was his proper name. It would be like uh, uh, Junior Ballard of Kentwood, Brett Martin of Macomb. You know, that was just his proper name. But he didn't say Jesus of Nazareth like everybody else did. Oh, no. You know what the, the title of, of Jesus, son of David? You know what that title says? Basically, he was crying out, Jesus, Messiah. He was calling Jesus the Messiah. And while there were people around who thought that but didn't say it out loud, hey, Bartimaeus, he went there. He went there. He was real. Okay? Other people may have said he was a prophet, but in the back of their mind believed that he was Messiah. Hey, Bartimaeus said it out loud. Bartimaeus said, hey, you are the Messiah. Psalms 89, verses 3 and 4. I have made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn unto David my servant. Thy seed will I establish forever and build up thy throne to all generations. Selah. Hey, you know what? The Messiah was the son of David. The Messiah, it comes from the line of David. So when he said, Jesus, thou son of David, he was out loud. So everybody can hear, letting everybody know you are the Messiah. You have the power of God on you. When you come to Jesus and you ask him for a miracle, come to him as the Messiah. Come to him as someone you know has the power to answer your request. 
Not someone you think can answer your request. Not someone you believe can answer your request. Come to him as someone you know. You know without a shadow of a doubt that he can and will answer your request. You understand that when Bartimaeus this morning, when, when, that, when, when Bartimaeus called him Jesus, the son of David, you know what that was a show of? That was a show of his faith. He was showing Jesus how much faith he had in him. It's possible that one of the miracles that Bartimaeus uh, recalled into his mind was the raising of, La raising of Lazarus. You know why? Because Lazarus was raised in the same neighborhood as Bartimaeus. So, man, when you hear somebody raise someone from the dead, surely if he can raise someone from the dead, he can help me be blind from being blind. And let me tell you something today, Christian. If Jesus can raise someone from the dead and if Jesus can heal someone that is blind, Jesus can help you. And with you and what you're going through, Jesus has a miracle just for you. But you've got to go to him the right way about it. When you call on God, let him know that you know he will answer your request. While everybody else was saying, Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus of Nazareth, hey, Bartimaeus was saying, no, he is Jesus, the son of David. He is the Messiah. He is God. And he has power to help me. Just like he has power to help you. You know what else he said? He cried out. He called him the son of David. And you know what else he said? He said, have mercy on me. While other beggars were asking for money, he was asking for mercy. He was conveying a sense of deep need. It was a deep need. It was an urgent need that he had. And he wanted to get across to Jesus how urgent his need was and how deep his, his, his need was. He had heard of Jesus' healing touch and how he had healed other people. And basically he was saying, Jesus, if you healed all these other people, Lord, then you can help me. If you helped all these other people, then you can help my need. As Christians, we sit in church and we read the Bible and we see how Jesus helped others and we listen to testimonies and we hear how Jesus helped others and we have missionaries come in and we have missionaries stand behind this pulpit and they tell you about the blessings in their ministry and they tell you how God blessed their life and they tell you how they got vans and how they got money and how they got vehicles and because the Lord saw a need and met the need and blessed God if, if he can help a missionary bless God he can help you he can give me and you the miracle that we ask for and that we need he is saying Jesus you gave mercy to others give me mercy and if he can give others a miracle bless God he can give me and you a miracle too what did Bartimaeus do this morning to receive his miracle number one we see that he prayed number two we see that he persisted we see that he persisted. Let's read verse number 48. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. He said that again. We see number one, he prayed. Number two, he persisted. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. You ever been around someone who is kind of being loud? And they're kind of being annoying. 
and they, they're kind of talking about stuff that you know they really don't know what they're talking about. And you're so, you want them to be quiet because you're embarrassed for them. Well, that's what people felt like around Bartimaeus. They're just like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. This guy is embarrassing himself. I'm embarrassed just standing next to the guy. He's making a fool out of himself. And they charged him that she, he should hold his peace. I mean, hey, he's calling, he's calling this guy the son of David. Man, he's, he's, calling him, uh, he's calling him the Messiah. You can't say that out loud. It's politically incorrect. Does that sound familiar? Today in America, man, you can't call a spade a spade anymore because it's politically incorrect. You can't say how things really are because it's politically incorrect. You can't talk about how you spank your kids because it's politically incorrect. I had that woman in the news this week, her son stole her BMW and she found the car, she found the son in it and she ripped him out of that car on the highway and beat his little tail with a belt. And this was caught on a, on a, on a dash cam. And when everybody was going crazy about about her and about how much trouble she'd get in because they saw her uh, uh, beating her, uh, whipping her kid on a dash cam. And you know what she said when they interviewed her? She said, I'd do it again too. You know why? Because that's politically incorrect. It's taboo to do that out, to do that where everybody can see. But you know what? That's the society and what we live in today. You just can't say how things are. But you know what? Bartimaeus, he didn't care about being politically correct. He didn't care about that. He cared about saying it like it is. Hey, I don't care if it, I don't care if you think it's right. I don't care if you think it's wrong. He is the Son of God. He is the Messiah. He is the only way to heaven. That's taboo today too. It's taboo to say that Jesus is the only way to heaven, but he is the only way to heaven. He was being politically incorrect, but he didn't care. And when they told him to be quiet, you know what he did? He cried the more and he cried louder. He lifted up his, uh, his voice louder. They told him to be quiet and he spoke louder. And he said the same words quicker and he said it more often. You know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of the story in Luke 18, the widow and the judge. Let me read for you Luke 18, verse 4 and 5. And he would not for a while, talking about the judge, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. God wants you to bug him. God wants you to bother him. God wants you to ask him for something over and over and over and over. He wants you to bug him. He wants you to bother him. Then what did he say? He said, thou son of David, have mercy on me. There he goes again, repeating his request. You know, your prayer, if you want a miracle, you're going to have to push your prayer past its normal state. If you want a miracle, Christian, you know what you have to do? You have to take your prayer and you have to push it into something called supplication. What is supplication? Supplication is a state of continual asking. 
You can take a regular prayer and you can push it into the realm of supplication by being in a continual state of asking to God. Hey, have we ever done that? Have we ever taken a prayer and pushed it into supplication? Let me read you a couple scriptures on supplication. Psalm 6, 9 says, The Lord hath heard my supplication and will receive my prayer. We see here that God hears supplications. He wants us to be in a continual state of asking. And sometimes if you want a miracle, it's going to take not just prayer. It's going to take supplication. Psalm 28, 2, hear the voice of my supplications when I cry unto thee, when I lift up my hands toward thy holy oracle. Now we've got somebody lifting up hands, lifting up hands to heaven. Hey, that's part, that's part of supplication. That's trying to get God's attention. Psalm 143, 1, hear my prayer, O Lord, give ear to my supplication, and thy faithfulness answer me, and in thy righteousness. There we see there that the Lord hears supplications. Have we ever done that before? Have we ever pushed a prayer into supplication beyond prayer? Hey, if you want a miracle this morning, Christian, that's what it's going to take. It's going to take supplication. How did Bartimaeus receive a miracle? Number one, he prayed. Number two, he persisted. And number three, he prepared. He prepared. Let's read verses 49 through 50. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise. He calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came unto Jesus. We see that he prepared it says, and he casting away his garment. You know what he did? He threw away his hindrances. There was something that was in between him and Jesus, and he cast it aside. Hebrews 12, 1 says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily, easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. The first step of preparation to receive a miracle is to get rid of anything that hinders you. The outer garment that they wore over their clothes was not a very expensive item. It was, they went through those a whole lot. They got muddy, they got dirty, they got torn. And so it wasn't a very expensive piece of material. To the normal person, it didn't mean very much. But, hold on a second, Bartimaeus wasn't a normal person. Bartimaeus was a blind beggar. That piece of cloth, it probably meant a lot to Bartimaeus. Number one, he probably couldn't afford another one. And number two, the man was blind. If he cast it aside and threw it away from himself, how was he ever going to find it again? So it was probably meant a lot to him. But he proved to himself that Jesus meant more because he cast it aside. Me and you have pet sins. The Bible says it's a sin that does so easily beset us. There are pets and they're precious to us because we have a sin nature. But if we want to get close to God, what we've, we've got to cast that aside. 
It's standing in between us and Jesus. What did Bartimaeus do? Something was in the way, he cast it aside. Maybe it was making his feet stumble getting up. Maybe the garment was caught on a brush that he was sitting on. Whatever it was, it was hindering him from Jesus, so he cast it aside. We want a miracle? We got to cast those sins aside. We have to cast aside the hindrances. We have to cast aside the thing that's holding us back. We, have to, we want a miracle from him. We have to prove to him that he is more important than our little pet sin. Then we see the second thing he did to prepare is he rose and came to Jesus. He left where he was and he went to Jesus. You want a miracle? You got to get closer to him. You want a miracle? You better get ready to get close to Jesus. Hey, I want you to see this morning that Jesus didn't come to him. How easy would it have been to Jesus to hear the blind man and say, okay, let me walk over there to him. No, that's not what happened. The Bible says Jesus stood still. Have that man come to me. Have that man come to the Lord. We want a miracle. We've got to go to Jesus. He's not going to come to us. The Bible says in James 4, 8, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Jesus isn't going to take the first step because he wants us to do that. He wants us to take the first step. What did he do this morning? Number one, he prayed. Number two, he persisted. Number three, he prepared. And let me tell you, last of all this morning, number four, he pledged. He pledged. Let's read verses 51 through 52. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. We see the last thing he did to receive this miracle is he pledged. What did he pledge? I'll tell you first of all this morning, he pledged his faith. What did Jesus say to him? He said, your faith hath made you whole. There can be no miracle for a Christian this morning without faith. It begins with your faith. Whether it's the miracle of salvation or the healing of someone any miracle, anything you get that can only come from God, anything that you get that can only come from heaven this morning, it begins with the Christian's faith. Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Let me ask you a question. How much faith does it take to remove a mountain? What does the Bible say? Mustard seed. Tiny, tiny. Do you know why we can't remove mountains? Because we don't even have that much faith. It doesn't take much. It takes that much faith. And the problem is, Christians today, we don't even have that much faith. You know what? Martin Luther King once said, that faith is taking the first step without being to see the whole staircase. What better example of blind faith in the Bible 
than a blind man. He didn't know where Jesus was. He knew the direction. He couldn't see. But Bartimaeus had enough faith to take that first step. After he took the first step, he took the next step. And then he, after he took enough steps, he finally made it to Jesus and received his miracle because he had faith that Jesus could do that this morning. What did he do? First of all, I want you to see that he pledged his faith. Next, I want you to see this morning that he pledged his faithfulness. He pledged his faithfulness. The Bible says, and followed Jesus in the way. Let me tell you a little something about Bartimaeus. After Bartimaeus got healed, you know what he did? He followed Jesus to Jerusalem. Historians tell us that Bartimaeus became a big part of the New Testament church. He followed through. Bartimaeus remained faithful to the Lord. Let me read for you 1 Timothy 1.12. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, listen to this, listen to this, who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. What is Paul saying right there? He's saying the reason why I was enabled, the reason why I was given strength was because I was faithful. If I wasn't faithful, I wouldn't have been enabled. If I wasn't faithful, I would not have been able to have strength. So he's saying his faithfulness is what gave him the strength to move forward. His faithfulness is what enabled him. Let me ask you a question. Does Jesus consider you a faithful Christian? What areas in your life are you faithful and what areas in your life need work in faithfulness? Are you faithful to church? Are you faithful to tithe? Are you faithful in prayer to God? Are you faithful in Bible study? Are you faithful? Are you a faithful? Do you faithfully praise and thank Him every day? Are you faithful as a Christian? How can we expect to get a miracle from God if we are not faithful? When it's faithfulness that enables us in the first place. If you're not a faithful Christian, then you're not an enabled Christian. If you're not a faithful Christian, then you're not a strong Christian. You're a weak Christian. Only strong Christians are faithful. What miracle do you need today? I want to tell you this morning that Jesus is still in the miracle business. How did Bartimaeus get his miracle? He prayed. He persisted. He prepared. And he pledged. And because he did those things, he received his miracle. Will you receive yours? I'm not saying today that you're going to ask for somebody to be raised from the dead. I'm not asking today that you're going to pray that someone is blind and can see. But maybe this morning you need something that you can't get on your own. You need something that only God can do. There's no other way you can see it getting done. There's no other physical way this can happen unless God steps in and God does it. Well, he can do it and he will do it. But he's, he's not going to come to you. He wants you to come to him. 
He wasn't going to heal Bartimaeus, and he wasn't going to give Bartimaeus a miracle unless Bartimaeus made the effort to come to him. He is not going to give you and me a miracle if we don't make the effort to come to him first. Do you need a miracle today? Jesus is still in the miracle business. It didn't stop just because he ascended to heaven. Will you receive your miracle today? Every head bowed, every eye closed. We're about to have an invitation. I don't know what you need today. But when the music plays, and in a minute I'm going to pray, and then after I get done praying, we're going to stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, and music will begin to play, and our invitation will begin. When that invitation begins, you do business with God this morning. Whether it be at this altar or at your seat in your pew, I do pray that you do business with God. Do you need a miracle today? Well, you're in luck because you have a God that's in the miracle business. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for everything you've done today. Lord, I pray that you bless us. I pray that you take care of us, Lord. Lord, sometimes we need something that we can't get on our own. Lord, sometimes we need things that only you can do. We need, sometimes we need things that can only come from heaven, and that's the very definition of a miracle. Dear Lord, you are in the miracle business, but Lord... We've got to do some things first. We've got to do some things. We've got to pray. We've got to be persistent. We have to prepare ourselves to receive that miracle. And then we have to pledge our faith and faithfulness to you to receive that miracle. Help us to do that today. For as is in Jesus Christ's precious name I pray. Please stand to your feet with your heads bowed and your eyes closed as the music begins to play. You do what the Lord has laid on your heart.